again for tuning in to another episode, another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. So right now, we are going to jump right into our NBA talk because that's what it is. That's what's going on right now, the NBA talk. So we saw two games yesterday, two, I would say, pretty good games yesterday. Uh, first game up was the Nets and the Bucks, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be a little biased about this series, um, and that's just my ways of feeling about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I am, like I mentioned in our news and updates, I am not one that is actually happy or relatively proud of the uh, super teams that have merged around the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets have followed suit this year, and they have now formed a super team with Kyrie Irving and KD to start. Then around the trade deadline, they made a trade, and they bring in James Harden. So I have continually been telling folk that although the Nets have been stapled or labeled as the front runners for the the NBA championship, I told them, you still got to play the games and everything, and the Nets didn't scare me. And I stand by that to this day. One of the things I immediately put up yesterday in a post after that game, and I'm sure you know we're live right now on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Sports Red Podcast is the group page, so you can get in and chime in whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I like to see mm-hmm. was that how that game started out with two teams, the number two team and the number three team in the Eastern Conference, battling out, going back and forth early in that game. Mm-hmm. Then there was a moment, like I mentioned in the news and updates, and everybody saw it when Kyrie Irving rolled his ankle. Okay. He got up and walked off on his own. But the early reports are that he left the stadium yesterday on crutches in a walking boot. So there's still some uncertainty of the severity of that injury. But to the naked eye, watching it when it happened, and then watching the replays in slow-mo, it looked pretty bad. Because a lot of the comments were that he was writhing in pain, in pain on the floor. And you could see that. He, he was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of pain. And most of the time, that leads you to believe that players are going to miss some time. And initially, the x-rays they reported were negative. But you can't really go on that. You have to get a follow-up. And you have to do more tests. Uh, said the same thing with Joel Embiid, and then later on, he found out that he had a small tear in his meniscus. Mm. We're going to talk about some Joel Embiid later on, too. So, one of the things, or the thing that I posted was, the series is tied now. Going back to Brooklyn. And one of the things I asked, and people, if you are tuned in, if you did not chime in yesterday, here is your chance to chime in because I've got the video up so I can see the comments as they come. Right. Will KD carry. carry them by himself? He can. Now, just to preempt you on some of the conversations I had yesterday right. after I posted it, right. I spoke to a few people and I asked them the same thing. And I mean, I understand nobody has a definite answer or whatever. And I mentioned it to one particular person. I'm not going to give their name or anything like that. But here's the thing. Um, Let me see. Got a comment here from my guy, Thomas Brady. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a supporter. He says, great comment on the super teams. BS teams like Phoenix and the Sixers and the Bucks are opposed to the Nets and the Lakers who make me sick. I don't like that. Absolutely, Tom. I mean... You know, when I talk about the Charles Barkley article, and again, one of the things he said real quick mm. was that he felt like LeBron started it. But it's t- it happened before that. It happened with yeah. the Lakers. Yeah. And this is no discredit to the Lakers. This is just when free agency became what, what it was, what and then it progressed. Like the year that they had Carmelo, oh, Gary Payton, they had, they had 
at least five, four Hall of Famers in that starting lineup, at least four. And they didn't win. They got swept. They didn't win. Okay? So it doesn't always work. But getting back to my conversation yesterday about the KD comment that I made, and again, people, I am not knocking KD. Um, I actually like KD um, for his game and the things that he does off the court as a basketball fan. Um, I have a couple pair of his sneakers, so there's no issue with me and Kevin Durant. But I'm just curious to see, as what I do, why I'm here today. Will it's just a thought to get some dialogue going? Will he be able to carry that team by himself? A little bit. I don't think so. He can try. He's that good. Right. Tom says right that he started with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be able to. Now, now the issue is. I said this from when they made the trade and got James Harden. If you go back and you look, those guys before the playoffs started, together, that big three, played eight eight games together. So they were off injured. At one point or another, one or two of those big three were not on the court. Okay, There were a few games, I believe, where none of them actually played. Okay, So someone mentioned to me, about KD when he went to Golden State and he got those two rings. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. He got those two rings there. But if you also remember, Mm -hmm. there was a small little disagreement with him and Draymond Green. True. And some of the things, or one of the things that Draymond Draymond Green reiterated to Kevin Durant was the fact that you came because you wanted to come we welcomed you, we took a back seat, mm-hmm. and let you do your thing. Yeah. But remember, bro, we got chips before you got here. Okay? And at that particular time, when they got those chips before they got Kevin Durant, they had, if you will, one legit superstar. That was Steph Curry. They had other stars. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green was a star in his own right. Well, Steph Curry you know, but Steph Curry was the lone superstar. And you can't label them a super team because those guys were all drafted there. That's true. So they were there before they got to that point. Mm-hmm. When Mark Jackson was the coach, they were on the uprise. Okay? Yeah. But those guys were all drafted there. So you can't put them in the conversation or lump them in right. with these alleged or these super teams that are going on right now. They legit. Okay. So those guys there having won championships already mm. took a little backseat right. and pretty much welcomed KD in and let him do his thing. They still got their numbers, mm-hmm. but right. they let him have the spotlight. Yeah. And they won again. You want two more. Okay. Then he gets hurt, becomes a free agent. And then he leaves all the hoorah, hoorah. He wanted to go play with Kyrie Irving, whatever, whatever, thinking they're going to get a chip. Like Tom just said, uh, chip chasing. Yeah, stack deck. You're right. Um, already, were, yes, talking about Golden State. They were already great. And exactly, KD chased and jumped on the bus. Absolutely. So, again, I ask, is there anyone that can just give me their insight? And I, I it's like, It's like that old phrase. There's no right or wrong answer here. It's just some sports dialogue. Will he be able to carry them by himself? Now, me, the basketball fan that I am, the basketball junkie that I am, Mm -hmm. I don't think he'll, with the makeup of that roster, Mm -hmm. beyond the big three, with now the uncertainty of Kyrie's injury, the uncertainty of of the time frame in return for James Harden, will he be able to carry them? And I'm just using yesterday's game as an example because that's all I have right now. If you watch that game yesterday, when Kyrie went down, you can say the bottom fell out for the Nets. Can I chime in real quick, mm-hmm. um, Blake been playing pretty good. But even the, the, the additional Blake and Blake and playing whatever his he's not the old Blake. Right? Yeah, the, 
I think, real quick, I feel as though the answer is no. And good as KD is, he's seven mm-hmm. foot with a wingspan. I mean, he's, he's all world player. Oh, yeah, player. no doubt. But who, who they playing? Are they playing a good team? Right. And Milwaukee, right. whatever. So I don't think the answer for me like, is no. Like you just mentioned a little while ago, mm-hmm. Milwaukee now has momentum. Right, they do. Um, the fans not making okay. light of the injury, but their confidence grew yesterday Kyrie. with the way that they won, right. the way that they bounced back and won. Right. So, as a sports guy, as someone or as a team with the competitive nature, right. their confidence has increased that much more. Indeed. Now that Kyrie Irving is not playing. Indeed. I'm not saying I'm going to ask you a question. What do all, not saying they're going to win the chip, what do all good, good teams or great teams have on the road? They have them players off the bench. They have them role yeah. players play good on what? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So to answer your question, they all got momentum coming going on, and they're like, no, he's killing them. He If he play real good on the road, which I think he will, See, Milwaukee going to win the chip. I mean, not the chip, they're going to win the yeah, chip. I'm a little bit surprised right now with Middleton. I think he's having a better playoffs than he has in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, The last couple years, Mm -hmm. he somewhat disappeared Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. But this year, he's doing better. So so I give him kudos for that. He's doing better. Um, To answer your question, if you look at those two teams the way they are now, not even totally built, but the way their rosters are set up right now, I give the edge to Milwaukee, yeah. even going back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Because Milwaukee is more intact. Right. Now you have Jeff Green that's just coming back off a recent injury. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to have to log more minutes. Right. Uh, Steve Nash has put out that they don't want to rush James Harden back. Yeah, they don't want to rush him back. You know, and I think that's a smart decision because he has a lot of, a lot of basketball left to play in his career. Excuse me, I thought they were going to try to save him for the next season. Yeah, well, I think he has a lot more basketball left to play in his career. Right. And it's no need to force him back, excuse me, right. to risk further injuring his hamstring or making that become a nagging injury for the remainder of his career. Well, so I understand mm-hmm. the no rush on that. Um, I will definitely, as always, keep my ears to the street and find out what I can uh, as far as updates on the Kyrie Irving injury. I think it's going to be too late. I don't think. Not too serious. I think it depends. I think it's going to depend on how game five goes. Yeah. They're going to try to rush him back again? If. Six. I, don't, I won't say rush. Six I think. Seven. I think what they'll do is they'll try to gauge what they have. And like you just mentioned, as far as with their bench, mm-hmm. which I think is. Yeah. Eh, yeah, very questionable. Like, yeah. So I think they'll gauge on how those guys perform, how they prepare those guys to perform in game five, and see yeah. if Harden can go in game six. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still it's still a toss up. If he don't come back by game six, because, back. because hamstrings, if anybody if you know, if you don't know, no there's no really oh, legit time frame or regimen for hamstrings uh, or rehab for hamstrings. Hamstrings are one of those injuries that you you just have to rest. That that's what you do. You have to rest a hamstring. Mm -hmm. Unlike you get an ankle injury, you can have surgery if need be or whatever, and then you rehab it. For the hamstring, there's no real rehab for that. And if rushed back, it can become a nagging injury, right. and it can put strain on the other parts of that particular leg. That's true. So it could stretch down, trickle down to the knee, yeah. and then maybe even further down to the ankle. As yeah. as you come back maybe too soon, you can tend to favor that. So you're putting more issue and right. more strength and more weight on the opposite leg, right. Right. which puts a strain on the joints and everything in right. that other leg. True. So I don't think that they will rush him back. Like I said, I I just feel like, in my opinion, from being a coach um, and player and being in those types of situations, although, be it, it wasn't the NBA, but situations where you're going into championships Mm -hmm. or into playoffs and you're trying to make a deep run, 
and you have players that might not be able to play for you that you might need, you kind of have to count your blessings, so to speak, and then you have to gauge that very closely. Like I said, I think they'll gauge game five and see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. And then get him in practice, get him in practice now, get him to walk through some stuff, see if he can go. Leave them out for game five and then see what happens in game five yeah, to see if they, they can they pull them in. Five, they might, might yeah, if they don't win game five, next year, next year. It, it'll probably be next year. a dunion for them. Yeah, both of them. Um, I think Kyrie coming back next time soon. Again, that Kyrie injury looked very, very, very scary. And I understand, like I mentioned to you, the early reports, the first x rays were negative. They always lie. They always lie. Well, it's not so much that they lie. It's like six weeks. It's, it's, more it's, it's, it's more so, and I thank my friend Dr. Howard Fiddler for this for information. He always keeps me updated on these types of things. Right. What it is is when you have an injury at that level, you have to give something to the media. Right, right. So it's always a curve for me. <laughs> a lot of times it is a curve, yeah. but at that particular stage, in the heat of the moment and where they are right now, they're not going to give you the whole spiel. Yeah. They're going to give you something to have you chomping at the butt to see what they say next. Yeah, like a two-month thing. So, like you just said, when they tell you injuries, they may say two weeks, and we ask two to four weeks. It'll be like eight weeks. We know that's usually four to six weeks. Yeah, maybe eight. You know, maybe longer. Yeah. Katie can't hold But I don't think, again, no discredit to the player that KD is. He's a league MVP. He might give him He's a multiple-time All-Star. He might give him 50 points one night. With the roster that they have now intact, like I don't think they have enough uh, to sustain that and win that series unless one or both of these guys come back. You think Blake can give him 25? I don't think Blake can do that. Um, Blake has showed some signs. The old Blake a little bit. Not so much the old Blake, but he showed some signs that he probably still could play and give you some valuable minutes. (laughs) So a lot of the chatter and a lot of the jokes over social media for the last several weeks have been that he duped the Pistons. He owed them money. Um, He could have played, but he didn't play. So... Blake is not the Blake that we knew coming into the league. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy anymore. Right. I think, again, Milwaukee has the tools and the size that they can kind of cancel that out. Right. They got uh, the type of player that KD is, uh-huh. in my opinion, it's going to be very hard very efficient, yeah. to cancel him out. What do you mean, like? Not so much, no, not so much. Give up on him, but, but I mean, he's going to get his, even with the minimal talent that's on that bench coming off. He's still going to get his, is what I mean. But he's going to get fifty. So he'll go. I, I, I just think that it's going to be tough on him because might lose it, but he might give him fifty. One of the guys who was also supposed to be key in this mix, Joe Harris, has not been giving them a lot. Who the guy just came back from? Uh, the guy Jeff Green, yeah. but he's still coming off an injury. He's but he's still coming shape. off an injury, he's not in game right? Shape yet. Yeah, so he's right. not in full game shape as of yet. Yo, what's up? What's and up, we're man? already pushing to game five. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a Brooklyn. I mean, I apologize. I know you. The good. issue with the matchups now uh-huh. is the Bucks without Kyrie Irving and James Harden. The Bucks have the advantage at that point guard position, which is ever so vital in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Middleton playing good now. They they have the advantage at that um, point guard position. Not that he's the greatest center of all, mm-hmm. but for this particular Bucks team, I think they also have the advantage at the center position with Lopez, Lopez over. The young kid that can play or over DeAndre Jordan. And he gets threes, too. Uh, So, yeah, I think they have the advantage there. And then going in with the momentum, Uh and like I said, not making light of the injury, 
but that injury increases their um yeah it, it increases their their confidence level mm-hmm. that much more who with that injury who win game five is very important so mm-hmm. i think I think the bucks will win game five. On the road, I think they'll win Game Five on the road. Um, they, they've become they've begun to shoot better, so I think they'll win that game um, on the road. Real quick, you know one weakness, weakness you haven't been talking about them, the whole thing. It's one weakness they got. I don't know they probably still lose, but who's that? Giannis at the free throw. I mean, it, it probably will I mean, come down. You know why? Because that happens. You know, he can't hit the free throws, but it's not going to be a problem. It's probably going to be winning by 10. I don't think – I get that. And then there's that question where it's been two occasions where they've called the 10-second call on Giannis at the free throw line. That's embarrassing. Why did they start to – I you know, they had that rule. The, the, they that that's rule. always been a rule. It's I been a rule. It's been a rule since forever. Wow. And it's a rule all the, way, all the way across the board in basketball. Yeah. You get 10 seconds to shoot a free throw. Yeah. <laughs> the problem I have with it, and this is going back to the Miami series, uh-huh. the first time they called it, uh-huh. it was very touchy because of the particular moment, the particular instance when they called it in their Miami series. Uh-huh. But the problem became, or the problem that was aroused right. was the fact that you called it there uh-huh. after you had some dialogue with the Miami Heat right. coaching staff on the sidelines or whatever. Preach, preach. But that's his routine. Right. It wasn't called throughout the regular season, but then you just happened to pick that particular moment. If you remember that series, it was a that game that went into overtime. Mm -hmm. It was a very touchy moment when they called it. Then they called another one again in this in this Brooklyn series. Right, but you haven't called that all season long. You haven't called it pretty much since he's been in the league. It's rarely ever called. Like Frank just mentioned, and I'm sure there are probably some other people who didn't know, that is a definite rule. It's in the rule book of basketball in the NBA. And it's just not just the NBA. It's basketball, period. You get 10 seconds to shoot a free throw, just like you get five seconds to inbound the ball, Mm -hmm. just like you get now eight seconds to bring the ball across half court. That's going to take forever, man. Okay? But that's his routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't. So to speak, call it when you feel like it, or when you get urged to call it. That's stupid. You got to have some consistency. But for me, like it, I didn't like it. But I, for lack of a better word, I understand because of the way that the officiating has been Mm -hmm. over the past several years. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's been subpar. Right. Over the past several years, hey, so I understand it, but I just I don't agree with it. Right. Rather, and again, for you to call it at that particular time at that moment right. is very, very question, very questionable. So, again, I think with the momentum and with the uncertainty of these injuries for the Bucks, I mean for the Nets, I think the Bucks will get Game Five. What do you think is going over, D? Seriously. Before, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, I had Brooklyn. I know you didn't like them. What? But I had Brooklyn in six, maybe seven. But I, now, had, I, I actually, I, I actually had the Bucks in seven. Yeah, I know why, but I'm mean, like, I had Brooklyn in six because not just the start, but I said some poor person, and Blake came out of nowhere, real See, quick. I thought he, and when he has been playing good, he was going to be like the X factor. They're like, okay, if they bring anything, because I know Milton was going to play and help Giannis yeah, and all. Nah. The, and they bench is stronger. But the, I feel as though like Blake was going like and they was gonna get hardened back. So I think right. they was gonna win in six. The the other but thing now I was wrong. The yeah. other thing with now mm-hmm. with these injuries and where they sure. are in the series, mm-hmm. it's gonna test K D. Not K D. It's gonna test coaching. the coaching of mm-hmm. Steve Nash. And I like him. He's, I think pretty good at home job. First time coach. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, it was easy. Like, it was yeah. fairly easy for him though. I guess so. It's it fairly three, easy three for him. Not, well, yeah. two it was fairly easy for him. Uh-huh. But now he's really gonna have to do some coaching. Because yeah, KD can't do it all Because like I said, right. that bench is not It's not like Milwaukee's. No, no. It's not a bench that you would say I'm oh, we're okay. We, we can get another game or two no, in this. No, no. It, it's not. You can't definitely or definitively say that with that particular bench. bench. Yeah. So, again, I think the Bucks will win 
the series. Yeah, I said Initially, I said the Bucks in seven. You think he can rest to the seven with KD? Maybe. Not by himself. No, Blake will have to have given him twenty-five. Because, 25 well, because we know there's going to be moments when he's not going to be in the game, and we know basketball is a game of runs. Yeah, they're going to get this seventeen-two run. Oh, so Giannis too. Oh my God, it's going to be it's going to be extremely tough <laughs> for him to do it by himself. Yeah, they lost yeah the like you said. So, you know, I, I like the, only hope is the Bucks now off. to see that. Yeah. And again, I don't, I just don't see Blake going off. How about an unknown person come up? Who? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's what I was right, who? You know, the kid Brown is okay. Shamit is okay. Night and day, right? Joe Harris, like I mentioned, has not been giving him what was expected of him. Right. So, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be very very tough uh-huh. for them. Very very tough for them. I like so, <laughs> we move on to the, the Nuggets and oh, the Suns before we get to the Sixers. Okay. We're going to talk about Nuggets Suns. I'm disappointed in uh, that. The ever-emerging Phoenix Suns Joker. have become mm-hmm. a force to be reckoned with, if you will. Chris Paul has served that organization and Devin Booker very well. Devin oh. Booker was always a problem. Um, for one, I kind of cringe when the Sixers play the Suns because Devin Booker kills us every time he plays us. Like <laughs> every time. He, he gets major uh, buckets. Really? He gets major buckets on a regular, but it's just something about the Sixers <laughs> that he's up for the challenge even more and Kobe he just fat. gets buckets. Fat. <laughs> uh, the Denver Nuggets... Had the reigning MVP and Nikola Jokic. Uh They lost their other superstar, Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, Jokic carried them to the playoffs. He he carried them through the first round. Mm -hmm. Now, yesterday, Mm -hmm. in that third quarter, Mm -hmm. he was flagged for... A flagrant two, and was ejected in the game, out of the game. There are a lot of players around the NBA who felt like that shouldn't have been a flagrant two. There are other play, other issues, or other people who say he may maybe should not have been ejected. But myself, as being a referee, you have to understand the rules, the moment, the concept. The way the NBA is being called right now, and what they said was there was a wind up, and he was struck in the face. I see so, if you don't know, almost or predominantly every time someone a player gets struck, shoulders and above. So I'm talking shoulders and up around the face area, the head, neck area. It's a foul. Right. Okay. Now the thing that they the reason they called it a flagrant two was because they said he winded up. So he made a big swing. Right. You could argue that he was swinging to go for the ball. Right. But it's difficult at that level mm-hmm. with the type of athletes that you have, the different sizes, the different speeds of athletes that are going on where it probably wasn't meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Arguably, it could have been just the meaning for him to go for the ball mm-hmm. and maybe grab his arm mm-hmm. to dislodge the ball or whatever. Right. But because of the way the game has changed, the way the rules have changed, right. it looked like he winded up. He's a seven-footer. Cameron Payne is only about 6'2", so he's a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. And he hit him in the face. Oh, wow. So they called the flagrant two, and he was dejected. I applaud the sportsmanship of... Jokic, once he found out that he was ejected, he before he left, he did walk back onto the court and say some things to Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. But this is character. They, and I'm speaking now, the Phoenix Suns have solid coaching. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Monty Williams, who has done a phenomenal job. 
Yeah, Phenomenal job out there with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, getting some getting them close to this point even before Chris Paul was there. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was just like the icing, the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Or the cherry on top of the Sunday, whatever you want to call it. And they did some things to Denver basketball wise that they couldn't handle in critical moments of some of those games. I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised that it was a sweep as well. I picked Denver. I felt like Denver. Would have made it a series. But they didn't. And like we talked about, the Brooklyn's bench, I think Denver's bench is better than Brooklyn's bench. I think only because he's yet to really prove himself, and this is his first go-around as a head coach in the NBA, I would give the edge to Denver's coaching staff Mm -hmm. as well over Brooklyn's coaching staff and Steve Nash. You will? Yeah, I would. Like I said, not because he's a bad coach or anything like that, but the simple fact that it's his first oh, yeah, yeah. year yeah. in the NBA, oh, I mean, yeah. how arguably easy it was for him with the players that he had. We don't Steve yet. Yeah, stash and get into this point. But to kind of bring some dialogue to the forefront and talk about, like I mentioned, Joel Embiid, ended up second in the MVP voting. In my opinion, I feel like Joel Embiid should have been the MVP. There's a small ounce of bias there. But they said Joker, he was more healthy. He stayed, he was healthy more than Yeah, it, 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 you know, it's how they vote for that particular award in the NBA. Joel Embiid did miss 18 games. Jokic played a lot more games. Jokic can do a a little bit more as far as the offense. He's the better passer. Joel would have the edge on defense. Block shot. You know, um, But um, one of the things I want to mention is in the beginning of the season, if anyone can remember, Mm -hmm. Denver was in the top five. They were high up on those charts, and they started to fall once Jamal Murray went down. Imagine they had him. In the other instance with the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid went down, and the makeup of this roster – kept them afloat where they fell no lower than second seed in the East. But just the makeup of the roster. They put together a roster and they brought in a coach who goes back to what we said back when Brett Brown was here, to that big word, accountability, Mm -hmm. who challenged these guys and held, held these guys accountable for their actions. And it allowed these young players to get minutes that, again, like I mentioned way back when, are viable to the Sixers right now. So, I'm just a guy that does a podcast. I'm a definite basketball fan, so I don't get a vote in the All-Star and with the MVP voting. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Embiid, in my opinion, right now, is arguably the best or one of the best big men in the game right now. You see how he can finesse and he can play bully ball. We've seen we've seen it against the Hawks. Um, what is thirty nine, forty, and thirty seven points in three games, giving the Sixers the two one lead, playing through a somewhat serious injury with a small tear in the meniscus, but. You know, again, I'm not the voter in that, so I really don't have a say. I can just tell you how I feel on my own, and that's how I feel. The other side of that is the Sixers bench is a lot better than it has been in the previous years. Mm, that's true. Um, the coaching staff is better. So they're getting these guys and putting them in the right positions to succeed. 
So, again, we've got a lot more playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Kendrick Perkins on the national stage has said that he felt like the Hawks would win. I don't think the Hawks are going to win this series. They might get the next game, maybe. They hey, may get another game. Who's out? Who's out for you guys? Um, uh, the only person that's out right now, as as we know it, is Danny, Danny Green. Green. Yeah, and he, he hit them threes. But y'all, y'all so I think the last two games, and Green more importantly, yeah. more importantly, the most recent game on Friday, the Sixers showed how they can play bully ball against this team. Uh, they had Trey frustrated where he got in the most foul trouble in the playoffs. He, they've adjusted to his floater and the things that he does. One of the things I also do not like is the calls that he gets. Mm -hmm. Again, as a referee, it's a known fact that the offensive player cannot initiate contact and get a foul, which he does an awful lot. And he gets those calls. But I think with, the way that the game went Friday, somewhat, in my opinion, got a little rough. Right. Where they tried to get physical with them, and there's no physical match mm-hmm. from the Atlanta Hawks side against the Sixers. Right. If they want to play bully ball, they can play bully ball and pretty much take the air out of their, take yeah. the wind out of their sails, which I think they've done. And I think that they have them right where they want them. Um, I think the Sixers are going to win tonight. Again, like I mentioned, that first game when the Hawks shot 80%, I told people immediately they're not going to shoot like that every night. It fell off a little bit in game two. And then in game three, they had momentum. They were riding momentum on the New York Knicks. And And, and the difference was the New York Knicks – it's their first time in the playoffs in they were nervous. so long. They had like maybe one or two players that had playoff experience on that roster. So, they, they, they did so the net and the Hawks are pretty much their first time in the playoffs, but they just had a little bit more moxie than the Knicks did at that particular moment. And, and the Knicks, for some reason, didn't have an answer for Trey Young. So we'll see um, how that goes. And, and what happens in that series. So with that being said, again, tonight you got the Sixers and the Hawks, yeah. 7.30 in Atlanta on TNT. I'm watching and then second game tonight is the Jazz and the Clippers. Can't watch that. And there's a lot to talk about the Clippers, but we're not going to talk about them right now. Yeah, it is now 12.05, five minutes after the noontime hour. We're going to take a quick break. Yes, when we come back, some of those other stories that I mentioned to you, we're going to touch on a little bit. And we'll keep going with the show. We are definitely going to speak a little bit about the Le'Veon Bell comments and Andy Reid on Andy Reid. So, folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Frankie. We'll see you real quick on the other side in just a few minutes. It's the morning rush. It's your soda. Your coffee, your tea, your juice, whatever floats your boat. Live on Heat100Radio.com. With the second half of this installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. It's your boy D in the building. Frankie's there. And once again, as you know, we are definitely live in the Facebook group, Sports Rap Podcast. So just some quick announcements. Uh, July 4th, made in Philly. State property, Lou and Choose. Mm-hmm. If you were watching Simply Monica yesterday on her live feed, they had auditions. They picked two winners. I don't remember who the winners exactly were. Uh, I think there was a young lady named Bree. And another gentleman. So shout outs to them. Congratulations to them for winning those Congrats. spots, being opening openers for Congrats. state property on July the fourth. So get your tickets. Mm-hmm. Hit up Simply Monica. Hit up Rock the Barber. Get your tickets so you can be in the building and witness uh, that going down. Also, like Simply Monica mentioned earlier today, Punchline Philly is back open. Mm-hmm. We got two tickets for Thursday's eight o'clock show with Brent Terhoon. Terhone. I'm sorry, I'm probably messing up his last name, but Brent Terhone. I got two tickets. So before we go up here, we're going to figure out how we're going to get these two tickets away. Uh, so just stay tuned for that. Um, it may end up happening off the air some way via social media. So just stay tuned for that. So what I want to get to now is I want to talk real quick about 
the NCAA and their expansion of the college football playoffs to 12 teams. Um, I think it's going to definitely be better for college football because it's going to bring more teams in and it is definitely going to cause some more inspiration for some of these teams to get in. Um, Like the article mentioned, there were two teams in college football last season. Two teams that went undefeated. Coastal Carolina and the University of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Now, arguably, you figure these are smaller schools as far as Mm football-wise who probably may not have had a really fighting chance against any of the big-name schools, the Alabamas, stuff like that. But if you expand, you give those teams, in a sense, another fighting chance to get in. And like we know, once you get in, you never know what could happen. Amazing things we've known have happened in playoffs in all different sports. Mm -hmm. So it will definitely generate um, some more television revenue because there will be more games. And it will inspire some of these teams to play a little bit harder and strive to get that undefeated. And you won't kind of feel left out like Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, who probably felt like they were left out because they had undefeated seasons. And if you think about it, college football, big time, you go undefeated, I feel like you deserve a shot at the playoffs. You Uh, you can even do it similar to what they did in the NBA this year where they added the two more teams and had to play in tournament. So there are several ways that you can do it. And I also think that it will make – the whole entire sport, college football, that much more competitive and more exciting exactly. for the fans. Right. So if this goes into play, it will not go into play until 2025, 2026, when their current agreement of M expires. But it's good to know that there has been chatter, there has been talk about it, and there are thoughts of doing it. Right. So the next thing I want to talk about And I mentioned this in my news and updates. And I'm going to try and get as precise and to the point as I can and keep it somewhat brief. The issue with past doctor and past coach Bo Schumbeckler and Dr. Anderson at the University of Michigan involving their football team. There are some players, former players, who have now come out and have stated that they were abused sexually by this doctor. Um, one of the people that are, are bringing this to the forefront is Bo Schumbecker's son, Matt, who was around the situation. Um, and, and I understand that this, this, this particular doctor has since passed away. Um, he had stopped working for the school for a long time before he passed away. But they're bringing it to the forefront where these issues and these events have traumatized some of these young men. Right. who were initially assured by Bo Schumbeckler and their, to their families that they would be taken care of, that he would be somewhat of a father figure right. to these young men. Right. That didn't happen. Uh, in the article, it also goes on to say that there was jokes made about this situation for younger players coming in, right. and they were saying, oh, well, if you do this, you're going to have to see Dr. whatever they called him. Um, and it was very, it's a very derogatory name. There was, like I said, there were jokes made about it. And the, the actual son of Bo Schumbecker is involved in this. And he's basically saying that dad knew and did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So, like I mentioned, it kind of resembles the Joe Paterno and the Penn State issue where they didn't want to bring light to the university. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt like they could cover it up and handle things on their own. It just didn't work out that way. So now you have these grown men who are traumatized, who are going through very severe issues, mental health issues, depression issues, and like I said, the tra- the post-traumatic um, issues that they're having because of these situations, which should not be allowed to go on in um, these situations. These young men are sent to these schools on faith and trust 
from these coaches and this coaching staff and these doctors who are supposed to have their health as their best interest and have these kids' futures as their best interest. Mm -hmm. And when things like this happen, mm -hmm. you know, it, it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it becomes difficult to send your kids away mm -hmm. to these schools right. uh, where parents get in an uproar, where they find out things are going on with their kids as adults and then they don't know where it came from, where it stemmed from. Right. And as a young man, these type of sexual this type of sexual misconduct is something that you hold in right. for a long time until it gets to the point where you're almost at your breaking point and you have to let it out. So I think that's what's going on right now. Right. And unfortunately, there's no Bo Schumbeckler, there's no doctor for any, I guess, formal prosecution or anything from them. Right. But they can look at the university because it happened at Michigan and Michigan is still standing. So you can look at the university and try and figure out what the university did, if they did anything, right. to try to combat what was going on. Right. So it's an ongoing story, like I said. It's really a shame. And just to be clear, um, you know, he said Johnson, one of the players is Johnson. His name, last name is Johnson. Um, his first name is Giovanni Johnson. Mm -hmm. He said there were jokes from other players, and he said, you know, Johnson recalled players hearing Johnson recalled hearing players joke about having to see mm -hmm. Doctor Anus before his freshman physical. Wow. And for some of the other players to, to make jokes about it makes it even more disheartening mm -hmm. as to that to that entire situation. Mm -hmm. Where that's not something to joke about. Um, because the tables could have been flipped and you could have very well been in that position to have the things happen to you that happened to these particular young men. Um, there, I believe there is a lot of validity in this story when the former coach's son is one of the major participants to bring this to the forefront. So I will definitely um, try to keep track of this story and see how things play out and see what goes on with uh, that story mm. so getting back to what we talked about with the super team since we're heavy into the NBA playoffs mm -hmm. but before I do that I have to talk about this Le'Veon Bell situation <laughs> so Leslie here it is for you I told you I would get to it up, Leslie man? Cuff a, a very very um, supportive listener to the show yes, and the podcast mm -hmm. um, very sports wise and she asked the question when I posted it for what so this is what I'm saying to you. And you kind of hit the nail on the head with your second comment when you said it was probably over his playing time and whatever. So that, in my opinion, was pretty much a lot to do with it. Uh, so just to give you um, the backtrack or the background, right. uh, what he tweeted was, LOL, the only difference with the Steelers was they gave me an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Haven't had that since I left. I probably need to play for a defensive-minded head coach instead of these offensive-minded guys. So, as after he was released, uh, I think it was the Jets he had went to or whatever, yeah. he didn't play, he didn't play after that. So, he ended up signing with the Chiefs. Yeah. So, as his Chiefs tenure was, mm -hmm. he appeared in nine games. Mm -hmm. Okay, He recorded 63 carries with 254 yards and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Four yards per carry, 28.2 yards rushing per game. Mm -hmm. He also caught 13 passes for 99 yards. Down the stretch, and even in the absence of Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Bell often saw backup running back Darrell Williams take the field ahead of him. Right. So like I mentioned also, since these comments have been out, he has since apologized for putting these comments on social media. He did not apologize for what he said. Let's make that clear. True. Okay. You kind of feel for the young man, mm -hmm. but there's a little bit of a different understanding because I'm a Philadelphia fan, Philadelphia native, and Andy Reid was here. So I kind of understand the types of running backs and the types of ways Andy Reid wanted to use his running backs. If you think about it, there was LaShawn McCoy here and there was Brian Westbrook. You back. saw how those guys were used mm -hmm. in the passing game and other things, you know, um, especially more so Westbrook than mm -hmm. the Shady McCoy. Yeah. Um, there 
had to be some comfortability because Shady McCoy ended up being released from Buffalo after the trade, released from Buffalo. He goes and signs with Kansas City. Didn't play much, but there was an understanding, and then he went on and won a Super Bowl. Okay, so there was some type of understanding with the way that Andy Reid wanted to use running backs. Um, Edwards Hilaire burst on the scene like no one thought. And he fit into the style of offense that Andy Reid was running. And although Le'Veon Bell could catch the ball out of the backfield, in my opinion, I think he was more considered a power back Mm -hmm. than the actual um, running backs like that Andy Reid likes to use. Mm -hmm. So I understand where there was some confusion and where he was not used as much as he felt like he should have been used. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, when he came in, Edward Solaire had already been there, so there was some familiarity with Andy Reid and the way he wanted to be used, the way he wanted to use um, Edward Solaire. Right. So, you know, um, the article also goes on to say that, uh, and I quote, it's a bit hard to imagine Reid underutilizing a player in a major way. It seems more likely that Reid and the Chiefs thought Bell had less in the tank than Bell believed he did. As a player who lived near the top of the sport for a half a decade with the Steelers, this is an unusual place for Bell to find himself. Right. So that brings up a good point. Mm-hmm. There, there is questions, or there can be questions, where, like they just said, Le'Veon Bell may have felt one way, mm-hmm. and seeing him in practice and seeing him perform, the coaching staff and Andy Reid felt different, mm-hmm. and they decided not to use him as much as Le'Veon Bell felt like he should have been used. And plus he got older too, Dave. Yeah, he he's got older. older. He's not the older. He's not the right, older he's not the Le'Veon Bell and that, injury he had, that he was, exactly. you know. Exactly. Right, so that's what I mean. Andy Reid and his coaching staff probably saw things a little differently yeah. than Le'Veon Bell saw yeah. um, on his own. Right. So that is that, you know. Um, and, you know, he basically said he'd never play for Andy Reid again. He'd retire first. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, he needs to come with grips that he's lost a step or two. Really? Knock on wood. And they've seen that, <laughs> and they saw that, and they acknowledged it a little bit quicker and right. more so than Le'Veon Bell himself did. Yeah, and I don't fault Le'Veon Bell for that. Um, it's just the competitive nature yeah, of being exactly. a professional athlete yeah. and being where he was and how productive he was. But we all know at some point you start to decline in your in your in your um in your activities. Uh, years for football players, mainly running back, three and a half years. Three and a half years. So he knows yeah. this. Well, why right. is he better? So, you know, like I said, he he probably just felt like still got he still got yeah. it. You know, like I said, yeah. kind of had a big head, if you will, yeah. um, because of where he was. And like they said, for half a decade, yeah, he, he was, was like was the, the most dominant back in the league. All purpose yards. You know, so he felt like he still could do it, but maybe it just didn't fit with that up upwards or faster pace offense that the Chiefs run. So we'll see what happens with Le'Veon Bell um, mm-hmm. if he pursues or if he return, returns to football. Right. Um, I don't think he'd retire uh-uh. right now. He's still a free agent. Still got a little bit in the tank. So I think he's got a little bit in the tank. I think he's going to try, just because of this situation, I think he's going to try and find his way onto a team and try to show yeah. that he can still do some things. Yeah. But again, you took a beating in that half a decade. Still, it yeah. wears on you. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So Perfect. you don't have the same high level of performance that you had at that particular point. You're getting older. you got some miles on you. So we'll see right. what happens uh, with him and with that. Mm-hmm. So lastly... Mm-hmm. Um, Nah, I'm not going to talk too much more Sixers, like I said. I I think the, well, since you brought it up, uh, let's go there. (laughs) You know, I got my Sixers hat on. Those are my guys. I've been confident in my guys all season long. Yes, you should. Um, They showed pretty much what they were made of in games two and three against these Atlanta Hawks. So I'm looking forward to tonight. Uh, especially to see what Atlanta tries to do mm. to combat um, what goes on. Uh, I, I feel like I feel very confident that they'll get the game tonight. Yeah. Overtime game, maybe. 
I don't think Maybe. I just don't think it'll be as bad of a loss as the last two games have been. Mm-hmm. But I think the Sixers will win the game and come back home and, and close out yeah, in game five. At worst, they'll have to go back to Atlanta and take another game in game six. So they've taken they've taken back home court advantage. Uh, one of the things that I, I don't really like about the series, and I understand it again, like I said, it's the officiating. There are some also some things that I've seen that I've been saying to people, and I hope that it does show a little bit more. As great a player, offensive player, as Trey Young is, and somebody or some people may mm-hmm. kind of cringe when I say this, but he plays minimal defense. Yeah, he's a small guy. So whoever he's guarding um, on the Sixers team on the off on the defensive end for Atlanta, they have to make him play defense. Right. You have to make him play defense because it takes away. They've begun to take away that thirty foot or that logo jump shot that he's so yeah. famous for. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. They've dealt with the floater. And the lobs. Uh, but I think Ben Simmons stepping up and taking the challenge as a mm-hmm. bigger defender yeah, and yeah. wanting that challenge to subside what he does yeah, he um, is there. is pretty good. I think he's in his head a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think Trey has completely figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a phenomenal offensive player. Sure. I do. But I also, again, like I said, I understand the officiating now. Where it's a small player, smaller player against a bigger player, mostly bigger players. I don't like a lot of the calls that he gets. I think they're uncalled for. Yeah. If the tables were turned, um, some other players will not get those calls. I think the games need to be called a little bit more evenly. Right. They have. If you're going to call it poor, call it poor on both ends. Right. Pretty much. The Sixers pretty much had to resort to the actual bully ball mm-hmm. to put this team away. They were put away early in that third quarter um, on Friday night. Right. Um, there was rumors that Doc Rivers laid into Ben Simmons at halftime and had him come out and be super, super aggressive. Right. We need Ben to do that from the start and continue that throughout the game. No issues with Joel Embiid. Again, they have no one that can handle him. On the offensive end for Joel. And Ben Simmons, And again, they pretty much have no one that can handle Ben Simmons because of his quickness, his size, and his strength when he's going downhill. Uh, Tobias Harris is also a matchup problem for a lot of those defenders. And I think, again, Matisse Thibel is coming into his own a lot more on the defensive end. That's the rookie Tyrese Maxey, yeah, yeah, who's good. who's becoming, doing yeah, who's who's yeah. getting a lot of valuable minutes. Who's learning on the fly, but he is very receptive yeah. to um, what's being taught to him and what's like being him. showed to him uh, from the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Shake Milton has finally woken up. Mm-hmm. You got Furkan Korkmaz, who has begun to emerge and do what he does off right. the bench. Right. Um, unfortunately, Danny Green will not be playing tonight. Yeah, he's giving me a good minute. But a lot of people might argue and say, well, he wasn't really giving us much. Yes, but there's a difference and there's an understanding of basketball where his spacing is somewhat vital and it helps Joel Embiid out as yeah, well. Um, there's also the emergence of Seth Curry. Yeah, Seth is good. Who had a hard-fought long run to the NBA. Excuse me, to the NBA. And is beginning to show his metal and to show his work ethic um, as he proceeds along in these playoffs. So, again, we saw how these guys shoot the ball from Atlanta, Bogdanovich and Huerter, but they've been somewhat taken away. Uh Um, Even Danilo Gallinari. These guys are at a disadvantage on the defensive end with the matchups that they would have to face against the Sixers. I just feel, again, very confident that a series is going to go the Sixers' way. Mm. It's just a matter of being able to sustain mm. whatever we have going on right now mm. 
and push that through the next series and reach the uh, NBA Finals. I think they'll get to the conference finals. And then again, it's still that question whether it be the Nets or the Bucks. Right. Um, the, the Bucks beat us three times throughout the season. But I think the Sixers are a different team right now. Yeah. I think they have a focus and. You ain't beat them one time? This is one time no, they, we lost all three games yeah. to them. But I think this is a different Sixers team right. right now playing in the playoffs. And I still don't think that Doc has shown his full hand. They can't control him. Uh, they, they I, I, a problem. Right. Um, I also think that moving forward, George Hill is going to progressively be a bigger, have a bigger role in this playoff run. Yeah. And back when they traded for George Hill, a lot of people said, oh, but they just got George Hill. And yada, yada. I said, right. the thing is, and it showed um, in the series, like, I need Ben to stay aggressive, but I need Ben to get, ver- get a lot better from that free throw line. Yes. Um, I don't think the Hawks will resort to the hack of Ben to make him shoot free throws, but it's incumbent upon the Sixers staff and the Sixers players the to yeah. make the game where that doesn't come into play. Especially in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, it, it, it's up to them. Yeah, it's up to the players to mm-hmm. put that to put the game into a position where that doesn't come into play, and I think that will happen. The a lot of people are. Making comparisons to LeBron. no to oh. the situation with the Eagles when the Eagles went on and won the Super Bowl in 2017, oh. how they were the underdogs even though they were number one seed, yeah. they were the underdog in some of those playoff games. The Sixers, in my opinion, don't get enough respect around the league from the national media right. in the NBA, which I think is a disgrace. Stupid, I think they're showing what they can do. And I think they've earned that respect, so I think they should get it. Yeah. But, you know, I could be labeled as biased and labeled quick, as a Sixers fan. I can push the fast forward button because we're about to close this show. If I'm pretty confident they are going to win the series and they play mm-hmm. the Bucks, because you know the situation with Brooklyn, mm-hmm. give me a prediction. Six, seven. Sixers and seven. Gentlemen sweep. Sixers and seven. You know why? You're right. Because I don't, still don't trust Milwaukee. I don't care. Sixers and seven. Yeah, I don't trust Milwaukee. Like I said, the, the balancing out is going to be the free throws. Yeah. Joel Embiid is too much to handle and for Giannis them. And Giannis can't hit his free throws. And Giannis can't hit. People will say Ben can't shoot free throws. Yeah, right. Exactly. And But you can also flip it and say that Giannis is not that great from the free yeah. throw line. Yeah, and then um, Ben, ben so is going to be equal. So that, yeah. in a sense, will kind of cancel his way out. So y'all get to the and, right and I think at right. that point, I think that's where George Hill will come in to play a little bit more. Um, as far as that point guard position against Drew Holiday, because Drew Holiday is a very, very solid uh, oh, yeah, performer at that at that position. Yeah, so I think that's where Drew. I think that's where George Hill will come into um will come more into play in that series. Team? So I think in that series, I think it would go. I think I'm going to go sixes okay. and seven. Okay, going further. Who you think you're going to yeah. play in the final? I think sixes and seven. Um, wow. You you told uh, me I don't trust them. From the West, I don't trust Utah. You know, I am I am very very impressed at Phoenix. what Phoenix is doing right now. There's still there's still a lot of questions about Booker. the the Clippers yeah. and their situation. So it's starting to prove and show that it wasn't Doc like they had tried to allude right, right, right. to. But they're dangerous. Uh, Utah. I don't trust Donovan them. Mitchell has another injury. I don't know how serious it is, but he has another them. injury. I don't trust them. I don't really trust them, like yeah. you said, either. So, again, Clippers. it's tough. You know, like I said, you better watch out for Phoenix Yeah. because they're getting some rest right now after that sweep. I think y'all going to play the Clippers. And I'm not sure if the Clippers can get there, but we'll definitely see. Yeah, we'll so, folks, you have been tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat yeah. 100 Radio. Right, good show. And... For those two tickets, I just told people what my prediction was for the Sixers Buck series if the Sixers make it, if the Bucks make it to the conference finals. So, with that being said, how do I want to give away these tickets? Let's see. I will come up with something between later today and tomorrow on social media to give away these tickets. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't been tuned in, you need to tune in. Right. Uh, you know where to find me, Instagram and Twitter, at SportsRap underscore D. Mm-hmm. The group page on Facebook, SportsRap Podcast. 
uh, audio, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and most of your podcast outlets. Mm-hmm. The webpage, sportsrapradio.com, and YouTube, Sports Rap TV. Also, again, you saw the interview last week with Brown's Early Education and Development Center. You, too, can have your moment with an interview, promote your business, or you can advertise with us. Mm-hmm. Send me a DM or send me a message in the group, and we can talk, and I can tell you how. Right. 78 degrees today, 77 okay. degrees a day, so not too bad today right. for um, Monday to kick off another work week. As we like to say, be great on purpose. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your Monday. Thanks to everyone that tuned in, and we will see you next week right back here on Sports Rap Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Frankie. We'll see you next week, folks. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Straight out there.